is the View of the Valleys podcast, season two, episode nine, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. Uh, TJ, how you been? Oh, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. had, to take, had to take a little bit of a hiatus there, a little uh, upheaval in my personal life, and but I'm happy to be back. Happy to see your beautiful face again, and uh, we're coming up on our favorite time of the year, the conference tournaments. You know, this is this is the whole reason we got it, the reason I got into this is going to Arch Madness for the MVC, and I know. You really like watching postseason basketball. You like it for the gambling side of it. I like it just because I love the game of basketball. But how have you been? I've been doing well. Uh, as you said, you know, we're coming around the corner of uh, March Madness. And actually, I know you're going to the Missouri Valley Tournament as you usually do. I'm actually uh, going to the Ohio Valley Tournament this year, going up there with my dad. Uh, looking forward to it. I mean, as you said, yeah, I like to gamble on uh, sports. But believe it or not, there there are some some games that like I can watch and, and I don't feel like I have to try and find that best line. And people it, people think I'm weird, but I can watch the OVC and just have a great time without, you know. Are those only the games that the Illinois schools are involved in, which by law you can't gamble on? Yeah, so uh <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> Yeah, but at at the same time I, I I really feel like every state's gonna legalize it at some point. Yeah. Um, it's just there's too much money to be made for the state and be just dumb not for you know schools not to I not think, schools states. I think the premise of well you could have access to that player where we live in Southern Illinois there's a 900 percent better chance I have contact with someone on SLU's roster oh, or yeah. SEMO's roster than Loyola or Northwestern. You know yep. or like. like and with social media and with phones, you have contact with everybody. Like, don't you think it would be two phone calls tops before you get in contact with someone that would probably be associated with that team? Oh, 100%. You know, so I, but I understand there's probably those things, you know, can people are hesitant and want to make sure things are on the up and up. So it's the evolution. You have to live with it, I think, just knowing that it's probably going to happen anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think you just have to adjust. I mean, because, yeah, that's a rule for Illinois, but if you go to uh, a different state where, I mean, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows? But we got a lot to get to uh, today, TJ. Uh, took a little bit of time off, you know, caught our breath, but we'll start out with the expansion in the Missouri Valley here, uh, yeah, TJ. I think, I think when we last recorded, the only movement was Belmont to the MVC and maybe Loyola leaving for the A-10. Sure. Other than that, Austin P was on the way. I think we knew that at that time as well. But yeah, I think you kind of have to start from the Missouri Valley side because they've been taking schools from the OVC. Uh, I think it's been a long time coming, you know, with uh, Murray State going to the Missouri Valley. It's kind of like those two friends of yours that you're like, why don't you guys just start dating? This is ridiculous. You know, and you finally, then that's finally happening. Uh, I think UIC, Illinois Chicago coming was a bit of a surprise. There was some speculation uh, Texas Arlington was a big uh, school that a lot of people were saying that Missouri Valley was really interested in to get that market was the big idea. But I think losing the Chicago market was a bigger deal. I really think it helps schools from the perspective of, hey, I can go recruit Chicago now. And they know I'm, we're going to go there every year. You know, so if you Bradley kid, you know, you're Bradley, you're Illinois State. I know Southern Illinois, Valparaiso, like, hey. Not only are you close to home, but we're going to play one just down the street when we go to UIC as well. I think their programs probably aren't up to par as to what some of the, you know, a Murray State and a Belmont for sure. 
So I don't know that they're bringing as much from that perspective on basketball, either on the men's or women's side. But it gives you 12 schools, which I think anyone who's ever done a schedule loves oh, yeah. even numbers. Absolutely. And I'm excited. I hope I hope they go to 12 teams in the tournament. So before I get to that part, uh, just because the OVC has done you know similar things in the mm-hmm. tournament with that, I understand that they, you know, would like to have had a market down there, you know, with Texas Arlington, but I just feel like it, the traveling would have been a little, little off in my mind. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think that's something that when you seem to be one sport centric, like you and I, you and I focus on men's basketball. Okay. You can make that work. What about volleyball or, you know, or a baseball trip? Sure. I mean, it's. Now, granted, they try to focus those on the weekend, but that's a heck of a, a long drive. Can you imagine a flight from Valparaiso to Arlington? Yeah, that there'd be there'd be some costs involved, some traveling costs, and I think ultimately, as you said, with the they don't want to lose that Chicago uh, market up there. Is UIC as good as uh, Loyola? Uh, no, have they been? Not really. But it doesn't mean they can't get to where Loyola was mm-hmm. in the Missouri Valley. Right. Um, and I, I don't know that Loyola was all that great when they came out of the horizon to begin with. It's a valid point. Um, but the addition of Murray State, I mean, I mean, look at them right now. They're ranked 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 and 2 right now, undefeated in the OVC, undefeated at home. And they, they hung with Auburn earlier in the year right. as well. I mean, gave them a run for their money, which... It's going to hurt the OVC with them leaving, mm-hmm. just as just as much as it's going to hurt with Belmont leaving. I mean, you look at the two teams. I mean, the two of them combined are sixteen and two in conference and have a total of forty six wins right now. So, I mean, anybody'd be lying if they said the OVC would not be hurting mm-hmm. from those two leaving. I think Murray State going to the MVC is extremely, extremely huge for the Missouri Valley. Now, do I think it's going to be a big money maker for the market? No. I mean, it, it's Murray, Kentucky. There's, mm-hmm. is there passionate fans there? Absolutely. Is it a nice arena? Yes, but there's nothing else around it. There's no airport nearby. Right. So I think that may have been like one of the big factors on if the Missouri Valley wanted to pull the trigger on just because of the location. Oh, for sure. I think I read somewhere that Missouri State has more students than the community of Murray. I believe it. You know, so, but. I think I think it just is a it seems to be a fit, and I hope it works out in those other sports as well. You know, I think Murray's had a if I remember they've had a decent baseball program. Yeah, and you know, like we talked about before we started recording, probably makes sense for Murray to stay in the Ohio Valley football side of it because going to the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which is this weird kind of different conference. Yeah, and what what Murray's done in football recently? Yeah, they've they've competed in the OVC the last couple of years, but before that. They were never really at the top. So I, I think if Murray wants to end up joining the Missouri Valley at some point, I think they have to show some sustainability atop the OVC, at least for a stretch of years before sure. the Missouri Valley, you know, gives consideration on them going to the MVC for football. Because the MVC in football is, I mean, there's teams in there that I think could, I'm not saying win, but they would give power five teams a run for their money yeah. every single week. Yeah, if you take North Dakota State versus Vanderbilt. I would take North Dakota State, 9 out of 10. Right. I mean, the best conference in uh, FCS and FBS. Yeah. 
you know, it, it's it's definitely a jump <laughs> to get to the the level of most of those schools in the MV, uh, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, as I could try to enunciate. <laughs> so that's the Missouri Valley expansion right now. Now you look ahead to the OVC, and I think when I came on to the did an episode I think back in December. Uh, I'd mentioned Little Rock was joining the OVC, which the OVC needed a team. I mean, with uh, Belmont already on their way out, Austin P was already on their way out, and had already lost Eastern Kentucky and Jacksonville State from the year before. That was four teams leaving, and the addition of Little Rock was basically it was huge. It stopped the bleeding. I mean, it stopped the bleeding, and, and it's like okay, the OVC is trying to, you know stay as a mm-hmm. d1 conference because right. I'm, I'm not gonna lie before little rock joined i honestly thought that the ovc was probably gonna fold right i i think that's a realistic thought to have because i you saw what was left uh you had uh eastern illinois moorhead murray at the time siue semo and tennessee state tech and martin but then i started thinking well what conference would those schools go to i mean yeah I think conferences would take them, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be like, okay, we're going to take these three. We'll take those. Two. I think it'd been like one, one and one. Cause so many of these conferences are decently sized already with programs or members of schools. But once little rock joined, I'm like, okay, they always, and little rock's been good mm-hmm. as of late, you know, they've made the NCAA tournament. I'm like, okay, they'll give, you know, it's good for Murray state still in the conference. And then once Murray left, I'm like, <laughs> So the addition of Little Rock is is even bigger now, right? Because now you've lost three schools this year, five the last two years. Mm-hmm. So with the addition of Little Rock, we had talked about in previous episodes, probably a couple times, about right. what teams we thought would would make sense to join the OVC, and Southern Indiana was a top of them, right? You know, it's it made sense in the fact that the OVC tournament is held in Evansville, Indiana. But there are zero schools located in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So for the fact to have a school in Indiana in that state, it broadens the range of the OVC uh, market, I guess, the statewide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Southern Indiana has outstanding facilities. Oh, for sure. My son looked at that school uh, when he was getting ready to go to college two years ago. And I mean, impressive facilities. Was it? He, I remember my son saying, like, I've been to some D2 facilities. That's not what I was expecting from Southern Indiana. I mean, so their facilities were already top-rate, brand-new uh, arena, and definitely, like you said, fits within that footprint, not too yep. far from Nashville, uh, you know, which I think of for Tennessee State and their home offices in Brentwood, which is right there outside of Nashville as well. So definitely made sense. So you know, they made the announcement they are going to go Division One, and it's been about eight, nine days ago that they made the announcement that they're going to go to the Ohio Valley Conference, which makes perfect sense from a basketball standpoint, you know, most of their other sports. But again, overall, helping out the OVC doesn't have football because yep. they need to get to that six automatic qualifiers. So, yeah, it's, it's big for basketball. It's big for other sports. But with the OVC and football – now, I mean, it helps that Murray is staying in football. You know, how long are they going to do that? Don't know. But at least it helps for this year and hopefully next year, mm-hmm. you know, for scheduling purposes. But that one downfall is that, you know, you look at those programs already here in the OVC, especially for basketball. Well, a couple of those schools don't have football, and Moorhead has football, but it's in the Pioneer right. Conference. So if you look at the OVC now, you're currently at 
Eastern Illinois for next year, Moorhead State, SIUE, SEMO, Tennessee State, Tennessee Tech, UT Martin. That puts you at seven seven schools for basketball plus the additions of Little Rock and uh, Southern Indiana. Right. So that puts you at nine. Correct? Nine? Yeah, seven plus two is nine. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure if I said a school twice. But yeah, I believe that's nine. Well, ultimately, you want to get to ten. So I think before too long, we're going to hear of a different OVC team that's made an addition to the conference. Mm -hmm. Now, whether they're Division One at this point or, you know, a, a school in a different conference that's already D1, they're going to transition to help yeah. out geographical standpoint. Right. I don't know, but I think there's a 10th one in the near future. Yeah, well, I think the rumor we've been hearing is Lindenwood out of St. Louis, which is also in the GLVC, really strong football program. Um, you know, I at first when I started hearing this rumor, I like, would Edwardsville be okay with that? But they're still probably further to or a longer drive from Edwardsville to Lindenwood than it is for Tennessee State to Belmont for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, and for those not familiar with the St. Louis area, they're almost two different worlds. You know, Edwardsville is a suburb on the northeast side into Illinois, obviously. And then Lindenwood's on the, you know, kind of central west. Yeah. You know, I mean, it would, it would probably take you a good 45 minutes to an hour to drive there. Oh, absolutely. And then if, I mean, if you're going to, you know, SIE on a, on a game night during the week, I mean, it's mm -hmm. going to take longer just because there's going to be rush hour involved. And, right. But yeah, it's still better opposite. Than, than a four-hour drive to... Who knows where? And you're like, you got to pay for a hotel. You know, that's a game like, hey, it's like right at home. Yeah. You know, it'd be like a high school basketball game. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. So let, let's say they do become, let's say that is the 10th team mm -hmm. that, you know, joins the OVC. I mean, Lindenwood would save money on, you know, some traveling there for sure, especially for football. And at least in my opinion, or even basketball, because SIE, you know, they're not going to have to pay for a hotel. Um, SEMO is not that far from Lindenwood. I mean, you might, I know some, some coaches will say, even if it's two hours, we'll, we'll stay overnight or whatever, just to stay mm -hmm. rested. But you have that ability to just drive down there and drive back if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And Lindenwood won their league in football last year. So that, that'd be a big, you know, they went undefeated. So that'd be a good addition for football mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not too too up on my game on how good Linwood is in basketball. For they're, they're middle of the pack of the GLVC. But again, the GLVC is probably the top one or two conferences at Division II level. You think of Southern Indiana going to the national championship game just what, two years ago. I guess it was actually yeah. 2019 when they went. So, I mean, they have, they've had representation. So, so. With the with these uh, two conferences and the expansion within the you know MVC and OVC, you start to look at whether it be this year or next year for conference tournament layout. Okay, you mm -hmm. talked about you know the Missouri Valley have twelve. Okay, would you accept all of them? Well, the OVC has had it to where you know you only take that top eight at twelve, which this year I'm. I'm certain I think they're only taking the top eight out of ten. Right. Which to me, right. if you're only leaving two out, just put them, put them all in. Right. Um, but I understand the point of you don't want your better, you don't want your best teams to be eliminated. You want the the best chance to have an upset in the, you know, 
NCAA right. tournament. Because your, your school and your conference make money for every game that you play yep. in the NCAA tournament. Do you want that team that gets on a hot run, the, the sixth seed or the seventh seed? Or do you want one of your top two teams going? I mean, I get it too. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay with the topic here. So if we look at the OVC tournament this year, and then we can go to the Missouri Valley side, you know, Murray State, I think if they don't win the OVC tournament, if they stay at this pace, there's no reason they should not get in at large. And then, therefore, I would think the OVC gets two. I think I, think I agree with you. I think their loss has to be a competitive loss in the championship, though. Yep. Especially with the way the tournament's set up. Like, you can't... You're already in the semifinals. You have to get to the finals. Yep. And if you let Belmont or Moorhead State blow your doors off... And I think back to the MVC tournament where Illinois State got shut out after... They split with Wichita State during the regular season, and then Wichita State just blew their doors off here at Arch Madness. And that... I mean, that was Dan Muller's one chance, in hindsight, to get to the tournament... And I still think they should have gotten to go, but I think a better showing in the championship game definitely gets them in. So the right now you have Murray State and Belmont. Those mm-hmm. two would be projected with that double bye. Right, and that's then, what I have. And then Moorhead and SEMO currently would be that three and four. So yeah, I think Austin P is going to get the four. Austin Peay's been on a roll lately. So I played it out. I, I looked at today the remaining games for each team. I think Austin P has got a little bit easier road than SEMO. I think Austin P will finish up three and one here, SEMO two and two, and it gives the Austin P the edge there. So, but, you know, if, it, if we get there in two weeks and it's the opposite way, I wouldn't be totally surprised. So, the only thing that SEMO has going for them over Austin P right now is SEMO has one extra game in hand than Austin P does. They, but they're not going to play it. It's not on the schedule. The Tennessee Tech game. I just figured that it hadn't been added yet. No, nope. I, 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 I did some digging today, and they had to get them scheduled. And like, there's been 13 games postponed, or is it 14? 14 games have been postponed. Yeah. 12 have been replayed. A 13th one is going to be replayed. And Tennessee Tech SEMO, it's, it's on nobody's schedule. They must have taken it off because originally it was scheduled for a Monday. Right. I wonder if they had COVID or weather again. Well, that could have been the time when maybe when SEMA was, I don't know. It was on there at one point because I remember seeing it. It was on a Monday. Yeah, but I looked. It's, it's not on there anymore. So I think. That could come from, down. From what I've, the digging I've been doing, I think that they're just going to do straight percentage then. Okay. So I have, I had, I had it here a minute ago, but that was going to give them. That's probably why I have Austin P at four. And SEMO at five. Because I think I have SEMO projected to end at eight and nine without that other game. Since they're only going to have 17 games. Where Austin P could be nine and nine. I mean, that that one, that game could come down to... I mean, you're going for an, uh, a, a buy. Yeah. You're going for a buy for right. that uh, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your top three are already given. You know, Murray, Belmont, and Moorhead are going to be the top three. Belmont and Moorhead might flip-flop spots. That would be another big one because I think they've split this year. The one team that I haven't mentioned yet that has been 
almost a mystery to me. At Tennessee State, they've yeah. they've sh- they have showed up at times and have looked like a completely different team. Then they come out in other games and they look like they never right. played. Like right. you don't know what you're going to get out of Tennessee yeah. State. They got some ball players on that right. team. It's just they they haven't gelled like in back to back games. Because mm-hmm. was it they beat SIUE at SIUE? They went home and lost like the next Thursday or something. It was yep. It was bizarre. I mean, so yeah, because if you look at Semo Semo's remaining schedule, and then we'll go on to the next one here. Yeah, so they got Tennessee Tech. At Tennessee Tech, at Moorhead, home against UT Martin, home against Murray. That's a pretty tough, mm-hmm. pretty tough schedule if you're not getting that other Tennessee Tech game on there. And even the game at Tennessee Tech, Tennessee Tech is now four and nine in conference. They've put together a couple wins here in the last in the last uh, couple weeks in conference play. And Austin P has gone in the other direction. They uh, they've won three in a row, uh, home against Semo home against Tennessee State, and home against Eastern Illinois. And, yeah, you look at their schedule, uh, in my opinion, they have one for sure loss, and that's at Murray State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. T- Tennessee Tech and SIU and Eastern, they should at least be able to win two of those, as you said, mm-hmm. if not three. Yeah, I haven't won those three and losing that game to Murray State. I just think they've been playing really well and, you know, been getting the wins. They 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 found a way to win games. As weird as that sounds, like they've had tight games. Like that, the, the was it the double overtime game against Semo? They found a way to win there, which it really looked like Semo was in control of that game. You know, so I definitely think that Austin P, like you said, is on the right track. They're on the upward swing after some of the the rough times they had early in conference play. And and you got to wonder if all the teams will be healthy, you know, is any team going to come down with the COVID case? Yeah. Cause we saw that with SEMO. Uh, you were at the SIUE game mm-hmm. and I had to be there. <laughs> Fortunately, I got paid to be there. SEMO, <laughs> they said right before game time that, uh, SEMO uh, traveled without four players and mm-hmm. it's for their, in my opinion, for their top five, right. Five guys. And they had to play with, I think, seven guys seven or eight yeah and only seven played and i honestly i thought people were gonna foul out and i don't know how they didn't finish the game with four there were 50 fouls called in that game yeah 50 it was and it was absurd but to my point is they could they go out and win by 29 76 47 and they then play those next two games still battling through covid and you know they lose at Austin P and lose at home against Belmont. So if they have all those guys, they may win at Austin P. But Austin P did their job and took care of business. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I, I right now your bottom two is SIUE and Eastern, and uh, quite frankly for SIUE with Rayshon Taylor out, you know it's it's going. In my opinion, it's kind of tough sledding right now for them. They've gotten two of their three wins without him. I think they sneak in. I, I think I got, so. I got them sneaking in. Yep, I do. So what is your top eight then right now? So I think Murray's your number one. Belmont's your number two. Moorhead's your number three. Austin P's going to come in at four. SEMO at five. Tennessee State at six. And Tennessee Tech at seven. That's going to be another one of those deals where the percentages are going to break down. Because I think that uh, Tennessee Tech finishes at six and 11. Then SIUE comes in as the eight seed. So you think... Eastern UT Martin are the two teams left out. Yep. Okay. 
you know, UT Martin was picked to finish dead last, and uh, Coach Ritter's been trying to turn the ship there this year and get him into that tournament. Uh, we'll see. Uh, how about on the Missouri Valley side here, TJ? It's it's really kind of your top five: Loyola, Missouri State, Drake, Bradley, and Northern Iowa, Southern Illinois, and then your bottom four. I feel like that's how it's been though the last like couple years. Like you yeah. have the yeah. cert like half it really grouped together, then the other part is just really yeah. grouped together, and there's a gap. I can't imagine that anyone who bets on games in the Missouri Valley Conference sleeps well. <laughs> like they have to have ulcers. Like Northern Iowa goes and beats Missouri State at Missouri State, but then last Sunday they're playing at Loyola and and just absolutely don't show up. I mean, just absolutely getting run out of the gym. You know, I, I was down at the Southern Illinois Bradley game. I, th- I thought Bradley was going to win that game because they're a top five. It's going to be a tough game for Southern Illinois. And then, you know, Southern Illinois hangs on to win. It's just and then, then you have Indiana State beats Missouri State in Terre Haute. So I'm going to stop you right there. I, I mentioned this to you before. Yeah, you look at the Missouri Valley Conference and in – Fifth place is Bradley, 9-6, winning record, 15-12. and 12. That has got to be, I told you this, that has to be the most not-talked-about team, I think, in college basketball. Like, <laughs> I, if, if you didn't follow the conference, I'd have no idea that they were having a winning season. Never hear anybody talk about them. It's yeah. just like they're there. Like, right, because they're not at the top of their league. And I guess they're not at the bottom. They're right in the middle, and it's like nobody knows about them. Yeah. And Wardle mentioned in the, the uh, Zoom call, on Monday, he feels like his players are really starting to gel and come together. Of course, he says that, and they find themselves down 25 at SIU last night. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think that's kind of been his MO. Like, I, I, I have to go back and look, but those two years that they won the tournament, they didn't lead the league. I think the first year that they went, they were the five seed. Yeah. You know, so maybe he's, you know, if you're not the top dog, like, hey, listen, we got we to gotta put some things together for us to be ready to go when we get to St. Louis. So while we're, while we're talking about some of the standings here and where teams rank for the uh, NCAA tournament, I'll give you this tidbit right now. Uh, Drake and Evansville are playing right now. Uh, Drake Drake is winning at halftime, 47 to 15. My son texted me. I looked at it on my watch. He's like, well, I was hoping Evansville could give up, could put up a fight, but that went out the window. And that was about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I... So it looks like Drake, barring a comeback, is going to move to nine and five. Yeah, just it's. Gosh, I don't know what's going on in Evansville. It feels like they have cats. Part part of the problem is their two best players are the same guy, Newton and Givens, and you know, it's they you have to play your two best players, but it's tough when it's the same guy. How about Northern Iowa, though? They got off to a pretty rough start this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, rough. They started the season, what, two and four uh, with a loss at Bradley to start conference play. And they have quietly put together six wins out of their last seven games. I mean, get rid of that loss at Loyola where they got 
blown out, but that's that's going to be a scary team. I, they're already scary, and with AJ Green being healthy right now, goes a long way. Yeah, because you see what they're like without him. Completely different team. But sometimes I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I look at the Drake game that they lost in overtime. They they had that game. But then they got into this mode of let's dribble around until the shot clock gets under 10, maybe even under five. Let AJ play hero ball. And if he doesn't hit the shot, well, now we've had an empty possession, really. You know, there's sometimes I think they look so much better as a team without AJ on the floor. I wish and I think the game has kind of evolved. Maybe this is the old man. I mean, the, the game has kind of evolved away from. Hey, let's run guys off of screens. And part of that is team switching. You're bumping guys. You don't let anyone sure. get a clean look. But then it's, hey, let's spread it. Let's let them break people down. And sometimes I think they get just watching AJ work and everybody gets caught flat-footed. When Noah Carter plays well, when Heisey plays well, you know, when the Bowen Bourne, when those guys have good games, well, hey, look, Northern Iowa looks a lot better. I think you know, like that Valparaiso. That's that's the loss that stands out when you look at Northern Iowa. But I think they found out at tip off that AJ wasn't playing, and you know that that's hard to adjust. That's hard to adjust. Period. Much less getting ready to start a game. So the difference between the OVC and MVC, I think, is the OVC. You look at the you can all you can basically tell what the standings are going to be for the NCAA or the OVC tournament. Mm-hmm. There isn't going to be much uh, fluctuation. Okay, uh, you look at the Missouri Valley Conference. There could be a lot of juggling. I mean, a lot of these teams mm-hmm. are are either tied or two games back at most. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the, let's say the top five right now, maybe maybe top six, we'll throw your school SIU in there. Out of Loyola, Northern, Mo State, Drake, Bradley, and SIU. If you had to pick a... A dark horse out of that. A dark horse, huh? Out of those six. And I'm not saying the dark horse has to be, um, you know, below, like, just between four and six. Like, you can, it could be Missouri State at three. Or which team do you think has the best chance to win the Missouri Valley also? I, If I had to bet straight up who's going to win, I'm, I'd take Loyola right now. Okay. But I think that's that doesn't fit that dark horse idea that you're looking for. Correct. Gosh, I think I go Bradley. Okay, I think I still go Bradley. You know that that was their first loss since I think early January, early to mid January. Um, they've got some death. Terry Roberts hasn't been exactly healthy. Um, you know they, they still look pretty good. I, Missouri State's just too inconsistent for me. I agree. Like, how do you? How do you blow out Valpo right after, you know, a couple weeks after you lost to Indiana State? You know, it just, it's just, there's just something, something that happens there with their chem. It's not that their chemistry is bad. It's just, I, I'm not quite sure which team's going to show up. I wouldn't bet on them. And I wouldn't bet against them either. Yeah. My, my whole thing with Bradley is, yeah, have they came around as of late? Yes. But if they were to get to the NCAA tournament, obviously, kudos to them for getting there. But outside of conference play, uh, their best win is against uh, I don't know S- Sam Houston State. I'm not sure. Uh, 
like UTEP, Sam Houston State, now albeit both those were on the road, so you know they did a good job getting those wins on the road. Maine isn't exactly a powerhouse. Yeah. I don't even know how. You, I'm not sure if that was a home game or neutral court, but uh, their non-conference wins aren't. You know, they have some more questionable non-conference losses. Yes, that's exactly you, what I was looking at. I mean, Brown, Howard. Yeah, South Dakota State. They're one of those teams. If they're shooting well, it's going to be hard for them to for them to lose to anybody. But yeah, I see Brown, uh, Howard. You know, those are those are all games that you're kind of like, how did you, how did you lose that game? You know, maybe look at St. Joseph's as one of their one of their good wins. I don't know. The, I haven't. I don't know how St. Joe's is this year. I don't know, but the the hawk is still probably flapping its wings. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think one of their key. Key games could have been that game against Bellarmine, but canceled, not made up. Because um, they've been solid this year at times, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they blow out Evansville and then turn around and lose at Illinois at Illinois State. And they should have won that game too. But Illinois State came storming back. Then you turn around and then you go and you beat Drake at Drake. You know, I think that Illinois State loss was their last loss before they lost to SIU last night. Okay. No, I take that back. February 2nd. So they hadn't <clears throat> lost in like two weeks. So here, here's a question for you. Okay. Got an answer for you. Really doesn't have to do with the MVC tournament or the OVC tournament. Uh, I mean, I guess in a way it does, but really not what I'm looking looking towards. If the OVC or MVC has a chance as an at-large, okay, specifically the OVC, for instance, right now. If Belmont has a chance as an at-large, depending on how the rest of the season goes or where they finish in the Missouri Valley Tournament, how does that win against Drake actually play out? Because at the time, I thought the Belmont win against Drake was a huge win. Bradley win. Uh, Belmont, I mean, Belmont uh, beat Drake. Okay. Uh, 74-69. So if Drake does not get to the NCAA tournament and they aren't in consideration, but Belmont is being considered as an at-large, I'm I'm wondering if that win against Drake even holds much value then at this point. Right. Because at the time, I thought it was an outstanding win. So as an OVC fan, you want Drake to win the Missouri Valley Conference, so it's an even better win. Exactly. For your conference. No, I get that. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Because I, honestly, at this point, where you see Drake, they're they're fourth in the Missouri Valley. I mean, yeah, there's still been talks of them getting in at large. Um, but if they don't, to me, if they don't get to the NCAA tournament, I don't know if if Belmont gets in without that win meaning much if they're having a chance as an at-large. Because if you look at Belmont's non-conference schedule, uh, they end up playing in that, I guess, that, that tournament down south for, you know, against Alabama and and what have you. But Belmont's win against St. Louis, to me, it's a big win. Uh, it's on right. the road. Um, but their win at L- or their game at LSU, they got torched. They lost by 30. But so outside of those, I mean, they really don't. They beat Furman in non-conference, but 
outside of that, uh, I, I guess they did beat Iona. Iona, Slew, and Drake. That's their three best wins. So if Drake doesn't get in, you know, I don't know or if, if those... Drake doesn't finish top two. Maybe if Drake finishes top two in the league. Okay. You know, I, but again, who knows? I, I, I'm glad I don't gamble on these games. <laughs> because the other game that Belmont would have a chance in was the game against Murray, and they got blown out, lost by 22. So their next game against Murray is at Murray. So, I mean, they got a chance there to snag a win that would really help help their cause. But I don't know. I guess time will tell. When is that Murray game? Uh, it should be the last week of the year. I think it's a Thursday Second, night. Yeah, it's that, that's that Thursday night. Yep, I found it. Yeah, it looks like well, it looks like it's actually televised on ESPNU. So it'll be a na- that'll be a good game, good national mm-hmm. televised game. And don't see Belmont losing before that, so they should be uh, fourteen and two, twenty four and five by that point. They play because yeah, they have Eastern Illinois, Southern Illinois, both at home. Then they finish up at home against Tennessee State, who they just beat at Tennessee State. Correct. If what odds do you give me if I take Murray State in the tournament and give you the field? Like, what would it have to be? My fifty dollars to your twenty-five? Would you give me two to one odds? Say it again. Like two to one odds. I get Murray. You get the field. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would do that. I think right now, obviously, Murray'd be the favorite. They'd be right. minus. Um, Yeah, because honestly, I think uh, I think Moorhead State has a great chance to uh, to win the tournament. I mean, they have played. It may not it may not show up in the wins in the win column against these teams. Yeah, they beat Belmont, just lost to them by one, forty eight forty seven. But they have been in both of those games against Murray State. Did they win? No. But what do they say? It's hard to beat a team three times. It's hard to. I you can shake your head over here and and, and think I'm psycho over here or whatever. But I, seeing what Moorhead State's been able to do in offense, got a good three point shooting team. Janai Broom, one of the best damn players in the conference. Yes, KJ Williams is very good for Murray State. Big man. So is John Janai Broom. Telvin Brown, great. Great outside shooter from Murray State. Good point guard. Well, Moorhead State's got that too. I, I'm i not shaking my head because I don't think I, – I do believe that Moorhead will give Murray State all they can. I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. I just – I really, really have a, a displeasure for that phrase. Uh. Oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. Like, and you know what? One of my, one of my buddies says that. I go, so you're telling me – that if we took Eastern Illinois and they played Belmont three times, that they could win one of them. Okay, see, okay, see, okay. But you, so, you can't. So you just no. disproved your rule <laughs> by rolling your eyes and huffing at me. You just disproved your own rule. I, yeah, I understand that part of the concept, but at the same time, okay, if it's if it's two teams that are comparable and they lose twice, that's where I mean it's hard. Okay, 
Maybe Isn't I'd... that always the rule? Okay. Isn't that always the case? It's hard to beat him <laughs> twice, too. I mean, yeah, I, you know, in my head, it makes, <laughs> in my head, it makes sense. I understand that, but just to be like, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. Like, well, yeah, if they're evenly matched, well, then we just we just threw out the we just threw out what you said. Okay, I didn't explain it good enough, but in my head, it made a lot of sense. I think, I think they're competitive enough that yeah, it's it's a realistic game that Murray can't sleep on it. And I think part of what happens, and this is why you have that saying as a coach is that you got to get your kids to believe like, Hey, I know we've beaten them twice, but guys, there was a few breaks here and there that almost got us beat. But as a player, you, I think you tend to forget like, Oh, remember that that kid threw that ball out of bounds or, you know, so-and-so had a bloody nose. So he missed three minutes. and It was one of their best players that maybe that's why it gave us the advantage to win. You know, I think sometimes even fans, you don't see that. You're like, oh, you know, we won. Like, well, it's because of a few factors that went our way that may not go our way the next time. Yeah. I, yeah, I can get on board with that. I th- I think, though, one of the big, the big factors is going to be, at, at least on this side, would be is if Let's say it is Murray and Moorhead. Okay. I think Moorhead's got to get that two seed because if, if Belmont sneaks in with that two, Moorhead's got to play an extra game than yeah. and Murray I think, would. I think it's realistic to think that a potential Belmont-Moorhead semifinal is going to be a lot more of a dogfight than we yep. would anticipate Murray having with Austin P or SEMO. Oh. If, if things go chalk. Sure. You know, I think – and how you play that differently. You play the game earlier on Friday if you're Murray State, I think, don't you? Or do they play the 8 o'clock game? I would think they'd play earlier to get the yeah. advantage. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. But again, playing your third game in three days if you're Moorhead to get to that championship. But it's even later. So, like, yeah, that championship game, it's either at 7 or 7.30 on Saturday. But Friday, the Friday game times are different than – Thursdays, so it's not like it's uh, six and eight. Like Friday, it's like seven and nine thirty, okay. or something like that. I think it's nine thirty, eight thirty or nine thirty. And I don't know if that has to do with because they're televised on like ESPNU for. Hmm. So I'm not sure if that's why it's late or what. But enough, enough with the OVC here. Uh, what do we got on the Missouri Valley to kind of wrap up the show? Well, I think there's two big things that have come out. One is that with the UIC, with UIC leaving, Horizon League said, since you gave us less than a year's notice, bylaws say you cannot participate in any postseason tournaments or meets or events. And there was a huge outcry at Horizon at the Horizon League that, hey, you're not letting our kids play. You're punishing the students. And from what I understand, Illinois Chicago was at the forefront saying, I can't believe you guys aren't letting our kids play. Well, it turns out back in 2013 or 14, UIC sponsored a proposal, like this same proposal. They became a bylaw. They knew this was in the bylaws because they were the school that 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 basically came up with it. And then, what do you, what do you mean you're going to make us play by that rule? So I... I understand the outcry that people have had at the Horizon League, 
but I understand the Horizon League is also the one going like, guys, this this is the rule that you came up with. You know. Okay, so if you're if you're the players, I guess you can throw the coaches in there because I'm or the parents. Who are you more pissed at? Uh, Illinois Chicago for leaving the conference or the Horizon League for putting that rule into place to where the players don't get to play in the postseason tournament. If I knew as a parent that Illinois Chicago was fully aware of what the rule was and still did it, I'm probably angry at them. I'm still, I'm probably 80-20, mad at UIC, mad at Horizon, just because you guys knew this was going to happen and... You just hoped it wouldn't, and now my kid in his last year of playing of, of running track doesn't get to participate in the conference meet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. The, and, the alternative is you force Illinois Chicago to wait another year. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are waiting four years. And so, then the war the flip side is Illinois Chicago keeps their mouths shut, just tells, hey, MVC, we're coming, but we can't <clears> tell anybody yet. And they say something in in May, and that really puts those schools in a bind for scheduling. So that that's where that's where I have my issue with like the horizon. Yeah, they could have easily have not said anything, completely, you know, basically screwed the whole conference with scheduling purposes. Put all that time in for scheduling, contracts, whatever, and now you're struggling to find non conference opponents or or I guess non-conference bones to fill the void in that, mm-hmm. that find uh, a replacement for them. Yeah. So in my opinion, they did their due diligence, set it up front, but, but now UIC isn't the one getting penalized. Now it's the players. So I think it's that phrase, damned if you do, damned if you don't, because it looked like they were, somebody was going to get yeah. screwed. I, I could really get behind Okay, we'll let the kids play, but you get none of the share from the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a reasonable and I think fair. Now, neither their men or women seem to be in position to make a run to get to the tournament because I think their women are dead last. But I think you could also leverage even if you guys get in, we're keeping on all of it. Yeah, I mean. I mean, at least it we're not punishing the, the kids now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. It's just your child support. <laughs> okay, what's what's the other point you so, wanted to? That one is uh, Illinois State's Dan Muller was uh, dismissed on Sunday, and he was given the option by the athletic director. You know, you can finish up right now, or you can finish the season. It's up to you. So. Muller said that he ran practice on Sunday and then told the, the players afterwards and asked them what they wanted to do. You know, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. If you, you're ready to move on, I'll move on. And at the time, they'd said, yeah, we want you to stay. And that was even through the press conference on Monday. And then Monday evening, he came back and said, no, I'm, I'm going to step away. I'm, I'm a distraction here. You know, my wife kind of said, well, isn't he a distraction either way? And I said, I don't, I think the distraction ends though. 
if he's still there, that's going to be all the questions he's going to get for the next four games. He's going to get that, that question at, at Arch Madness instead of talking about his players and stuff like that. So I see both sides of it. You know, I see wanting to finish it out, but gosh, it, it's not much fun to finish out. I mean, and you have a connection with those kids, but at the same yeah. time, wh- what are we doing here? So, you know, the interesting thing will be who comes in to fill that position. I know they've got a, a set of twins that, that have just been signed, the assistant coach that's there. Do they either give him the job or make sure that he stays on to get those kids to still come to Illinois State? Kind of really throws everything, a wrench in everything. Uh, what do you think? Four games left to go in the season to dismiss your coach. I saw this happen in the GLVC with uh, Quincy University as well. <clears throat> the old from a from a mutual mutual standpoint between maybe like you know head coach and the program. To me, I think you should wait till the end with only four games left. But the the other way I look at it is, essentially, you probably want to get that coaching opening out there as soon as possible. So at least it gives, you know, I know you can't really interview anybody till the season's over or whatever, but at least it gives, you know, other coaches that, that outlook say, okay, hey, this is a possibility here. You know, this is something I can keep my eye on because – you know, once the season ends, there's all these coaching, coach, coaching uh, opportunities, openings. And while I think it puts the players and coach in a bind for the last, you know, four or five games, whatever it is outside of the, you know, Missouri Valley tournament, I think it helps Illinois State basically advertise that opening as well. Now, is that a great way to look at it from a, program standpoint probably not but from a school standpoint and marketing i think it uh i think that benefits them from putting it out there yeah the the name on staff that is being talked about the guy that, that recruited those twins is uh rob johnson and then also another name being kicked around is a longtime uh, assistant for porter moser matt gordon you know so maybe those are the connections there i, I don't i don't know I mean, it. it so, I, let me ask you this. So, right now, Illinois State. Now, granted, this is a long shot. They're four and ten, eleven and sixteen overall. Now, albeit, it'd be very tough. But if they were to win out, they'd be at five hundred to end the season. Mm-hmm. If they won the last five and made a run in the Missouri Valley tournament. You know, not saying they win, but let's say they were to get to like the, the championship. It'd be okay. pretty damn tough to do to, to win out and get there. What do you, what does that do for like the decision, like between Illinois State and him? Is he still done or? Yeah. Moeller? Yeah, yeah. He's already done. Or you mean if he stayed on? Yeah. No, I think he's still done. Okay. I think that's that that's been you know, it'd be a heck of a run though, because I mean they have uh this weekend they have Bradley. Which is a rivalry, not you know, right, not far. At, Bra- at Bradley. And then uh they they host Loyola. But Illinois State hasn't won on the road all, uh conference game on the road yet. 
Oh, so they they do have four. I looked at it wrong. This schedule says SIU on Saturday and SIU on Sunday. So I looked at it wrong. They've already played SIU once. So right. I mean, they could they could beat SIU. They could beat Indiana State when they're at home. They could go. They could go two and two here. So that'd put them at fifteen and sixteen, not not five hundred. But even still, get a win in the tournament. But then you're still gonna have a game where you're gonna lose. So 16 and 17 if you lose, or you could go 17 and 17 if you get to the semifinals. Because I think Illinois State's a team that I, f- I really feel like you need to have a successful season. Because in my opinion, they usually have a pretty good fan turnout. Yeah, yeah, they 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 travel well. I I wonder if that position is more or less inviting with Belmont and Murray coming into the league. Because for sure, that mountain just got a little bit taller to climb yep. yourself back out of this. I agree. Uh, I mean, maybe you say it's really only one more team because you're losing Loyola. You know, so it's not like you have Loyola, Belmont, and Murray on top of Drake, Northern Iowa, Missouri State. So let me ask you this to kind of wrap it up here. Obviously, the rosters are going to look different next year between Murray and Belmont being in the you know the Missouri Valley. If it was this year and Loyola already gone out of the conference, Murray State and Belmont were in the MVC this year. Gotcha. Where do they stack up in the standings? I think they're probably in that three, four, five range. So you don't think one of them is? Would be a top? No, I just I think the grind of all those teams is different than it is in the Ohio see. Valley. Because really, once you get past Belmont and Murray in the OBC, I mean, obviously Moorhead State, but sure. now you have Moorhead State in the version of Missouri State, Drake, Bradley, Northern Iowa. That's that's eight more games. Yeah. That's, okay. If, if, if it's, okay, so that's six more games, really, because you have eight games against those guys as opposed to the two against Moorhead State. You know, and no telling how they're going to do the schedule either. Yeah, that's for, that's very true. I mean, because if you play everybody twice, that's 22 games. That's a lot of games. <sighs> yeah, that's... And you go to divisions, and it's not enough. Because if you go to divisions, I think you only get up to 16, thinking that you play everybody on your side twice, the other side once. You know, which they're already the, the schools in both conferences are already having trouble finding enough games because the big conferences expanded their conference schedule. So that's what leads you to having, you know, a team from the SWAC playing two Division two games, stuff like that. Okay. What, now, do, what now, do you think they would come out? Murray State's good. Uh, oh, for sure. They are. They're ranked for a reason. But I think if they were in the Missouri Valley, I don't know if they'd be one. But I think they'd be they'd be up there number two, okay. two or one. Okay. Um, I mean, they they just have so much talent throughout their starting five. Uh, Coach Matt McMahon's done a good job bringing in some transfers over the last couple of years. And whether they would be ranked if they were number two in the Missouri Valley, they obviously probably would not, mm-hmm. um, because 
they don't have anybody ranked right now. Uh, but if they were able to put together the, the team or the record they have put together in the OVC, I think instead of being ranked 21st in, in the OVC, I think they're ranked probably closer to the top 10 in okay, the Missouri I Valley. Say 15. You know, 10 to 15. Um, Belmont, I don't think would be as would not be in the top two. I don't think they'd probably either be three or four. I think they're just, they're too hit and miss. Um, Belmont, typically a three-point shooting team. Well, if you're playing a lot, a lot of these teams that have a lot uh, more emphasis on their defense, maybe, mm-hmm. um, can guard the perimeter. Now you're forcing Belmont to work the inside, which typically they're, yeah, they have Nick Musinski, but they haven't been a inside team over the last so many years. Yeah. Now, yes, do they do they beat teams inside the paint, you know, games? Yeah. But at the same time, if Belmont's going to go play a game at Northern Iowa, they're not going to try to win inside. They're going to try and outshoot you. Right. And Nick Musinski's not going against Gage Prim. Correct. He's not going against Brody at Drake, you know, or Ari Boya at Bradley. It's so I, that that's part of what comes into me about being the grind of seeing that every night, you know. So, yeah. Well, we'll find out. Uh, a lot of lot of basketball left to be played. Uh, got one OVC game tipping off tonight as we record Wednesday, February sixteenth. That's uh, Moorhead State UT Martin. Uh, let's see. Drake currently beating Evansville sixty five to thirty eight. Valpo beating Loyola. I've got 45-40. What did you say the score was? 45-40. I got 47-44 right now. My app always runs a little bit behind, so that's probably why. And then uh, the Ohio Valley side, uh, Moorhead State's trailing to UT Martin 10-6, six minutes into the game. So we'll see. A lot of exciting basketball this this weekend to be had, and uh, – what are we thinking next week too? Yeah, DJ? I'm for it. Sign me up, boss. All right, so that'll wrap up season two, episode nine here on View the Valley's podcast. For TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley conference basketball talk as the season winds down, preparing for conference tournaments and March Madness. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google and SoundCloud, and you can give us a follow on Twitter at ViewValleysPod. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.